Our leader for tonight is Mo. Hi. Good evening. Hi, my name is Mo H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Hi, Hi Mo. And I live in Walnut Creek, and Ashlyn called me. I've spoken here before. seems like it was about a year ago or so. Uh, a brief recent issue with me is I was flat on my back for about five months from August to November, December, uh, to finally discover that I had a herniated disc, and I was living in constant pain. And... Um, Grateful I didn't go back to the food because I made a commitment to myself that the food wasn't going to help the pain. The drugs weren't helping the pain. Nothing was helping the pain. So um, I'm grateful to be here and that I feel healthy again, once again, after surgery and recovery. So um, thank you for asking me to be here, and I need you as much as you need me. Um, I'm going to focus my topic on tonight, peace and serenity around the food. It was a talk I gave in San Mateo for their day in OA, and I decided to weave my, pro my, my uh, life story in and out of it. So I'll focus on how I deal with my feelings on a daily basis uh, to have peace and serenity with the food. And uh, that, is working in, that is working in my life today. So I'm a cereal dieter. I, and I'm a quantity addict. I'm not a 100-pounder. I've released 65 pounds. I've had that off since about 2001. I've had slips and relapses in there, but I never gained it all back. Um, and so I'm at a very comfortable body weight now, and I've been at that weight pretty much steadily for the last three years. I've had a pretty good, clean, um, abstinent program for the last three years. Um, um, my eating career started not in my childhood. I was a dancer, and being a dancer and a, um, a uh, uh, going to classes and practicing and, and, and rehearsing, my brother and I were a team, you, there was no, I just used up calories a lot. But when my father was transferred to California from uh, Washington, D.C., I was 13, my brother was 16. The whole family got into addiction, um, I noticed as I look back on my history. And mine was food, and I just uh, got liked sugar. I just liked sugar. I liked to eat quantities of sugar. And so my mom would notice that food would be missing. I'd make concoctions up with stuff she had in the cupboard so she wouldn't notice that, you know, put water to this and, you know, make this stuff up and have it. So. But uh, did I have an honest desire to stop my compulsive food behaviors? I didn't realize that I was a compulsive overeater. I just thought I needed a diet, and I needed a good diet. And if I could just stay on that diet, I would be fine. And I could, and I would, and I would lose weight. And then when the diet came to an end or when I lost the weight sometimes or when I went away or out, and I would go off the diet, then that was it. And then I'd put it all back on. And it was just this constant yo-yoing, up and down, up and down. And so my therapist in 1989, I said to her one day, I said, I think I have a problem with food. And she sent me to an OA meeting in, in Oakland. And um, I stayed in the rooms until 96. And then I left for four years. 
because I thought I had arrived. I had lost all my weight and my best friend died and I ate sugar the day she died and um, didn't come back until 2000 because there was another incident that brought me back. But when I came back into the rooms and I haven't left since then, you know, as I said, did I have an honest desire to, to uh, stop my compulsive behavior? No, my honest desire was to lose weight and to have a nice body size. And, uh, and so I did the food plan, I white knuckled it, uh, but I did it. And I, and I did the steps and I did everything, you know, they told me to do. Um, but I used this program as a diet with group support I didn't use it as a spiritual program and as a connection to getting to, uh, closer to my higher power. Um, in the doctor's opinion on page XXVI, it says, we who have suffered compulsive overeating torture, alcoholic torture, uh, must believe that the body of the compulsive eater is quite as abnormal as his mind. I did not know that. I just only thought it was a body disease. I did not know it was a mind disorder also. And so when I went to other programs, they only dealt with the physical. They didn't deal with this other aspect of it. Uh, so abstinence must come first, stated five times in the doctor's opinion. Put down the, the bottle, put down the drink, put down the food. Uh, step one, I mean step zero is put down the food. Uh, put down the food. So what does peace and serenity around food look like and feel like? Um, the words peace, peace means freedom from disturbance, quiet, tranquility, and mental calm, and serenity means a calm, quiet, peaceful, unruffled, and untroubled. And when I think of peace and serenity, I think of the, um, the, uh, the monks, you know, or the, those uh, Hindus, or, you know, uh, Buddha, you know, all just being quiet and meditating the peace and serenity. I don't think of that around food at all. I mean, I see food and I just want to eat it and get it eaten as fast as I can so someone else can't get mine. <laughs> and um, so when I'm controlling the food, when I'm controlling the food, like using this as a diet, I can't enjoy it. And when I'm enjoying it, I can't control it. And, you know, those, it sounds contradictory, but it really is true. You know, when I'm hanging on, doing white knuckle, I call it white knuckle abstinence, I'm not enjoying myself. And then when I'm eating freely, having been in the rooms, I know what I'm doing. And it's no fun. So today, I have what I call neutrality around the food. And a lot of people ask me what that means. Food no longer calls me. I don't obsess about foods. I weigh and measure all my meals, including when I eat out. And this helps with my peace of mind. Uh, and my mind is calm, and I am calm. So I don't have that white-knuckle abstinence. It's a very calm, easy abstinence. It's, it's automatic. It's, you know, I get up in the morning, I do my prayer, my meditation, and then um, I will go to the kitchen and I start my breakfast and I'm just automatically weighing and measuring what I'm eating because then I know what I've eaten is enough because I, my, my switch for knowing what enough is is broken. And so I could eat that 
bowl of food in the morning and still want more even though I'm full but this this the, my mind is is broken so in there is a solution it says we have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence which we had not ever dreamed of which means the fourth dimension to means means to me this is just my opinion this means i don't want the food anymore i don't want it it can be sitting there and i don't want it um that's yours it's not mine and that to me is the miracle of working the steps every day so how did i get neutrality around the food so my sponsor had me list red light foods and the red light foods are obviously the ones that are alcoholic foods to us that i cannot have i won't list them here for you because i don't know what your meeting does but mine we can't say foods in the meeting these are foods or behaviors or triggers that uh, that uh, that trigger the allergy of the body so if i put that substance into my body something in my body isn't right and it triggers the allergy of the body so that's the body part so that's why when i was going to some of the programs on the outside and they said you can have so many points of this and so many points of that and when i ate that i wanted more of that because that had sugar in it so um that's my red light foods and that means i can never have them in a normal portion not just for today my sponsor says not just for today but forever and when i say that to my sponsees they get mad at me or they don't like what i say uh but that's the truth i can't have that forever and i could name one of my binge foods for you that i really love and it's gone it's gone and it doesn't call me anymore then there are yellow light foods and what the yellow light foods are are they are the ones that we can have every once in a while that are on the on my food plan uh and I can have a normal portion but then there's sometimes we cannot and I can say like diet soda for me was one and I got to the point where I was doing it all the time because it was a free thing and um Uh, what i see my opinion is the yellow light foods create a lot of confusion and they allow for loopholes for me to get through and uh so if a yellow light food cannot be moderated it needs to be moved to the red light list and uh and then taken taken off my food plan and so i have eliminated caffeine i have eliminated diet sodas i have eliminated gum uh most of the sweeteners i just use a couple of packets of one that's natural um so when i eliminated those foods i had peace and serenity around the food and freedom around the food and that uh and that came as a result of surrender to those foods total surrender today i'm learning to practice acceptance in all circumstances of my life so that i may enjoy peace of mind on page 417 in the fourth edition we have the acceptance prayers most of you are familiar with and it's i accept these things that i cannot change uh and i have to come to acceptance of it um so what are the feelings and emotions that are behind my compulsive eating and how do i deal with these 
So in the bedevilments, on page 52, the bedevilments, it says, we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional nature. We were prey to misery. Instead of reading all of them, if you change the we to I and add when abstinent, it changes that. And I heard that at a convention. I was having trouble with personal relationships when abstinent. I couldn't control my emotional nature when abstinent. I was prey to misery and depression when abstinent. I couldn't make a living when abstinent. I had a feeling of uselessness when abstinent. I was full of fear when abstinent. I was unhappy when abstinent, and I couldn't seem to be of real help to other people when abstinent. How, how so? How do we deal with that, though? So I'm abstinent, and yet I'm having these bedevilment feelings. Okay, so I didn't know, and I'll, I'll go into that, I didn't know that my eating was triggered by feelings, emotions, I just thought I liked food and that I liked to eat. I used to tell my mom, I used to tell my mom, I said, I just like food. I like to eat. You know, and I like, I mean, you can put anything in front of me and I'd eat it. So a feeling is an emotional state or reaction, a belief. An emotion is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, moods, or relationships with others. And that's what makes up who I am is my feelings, my emotions. In the doctor's opinion, it says, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect, the effect produced by alcohol. I like the effect produced by food. I did not know I was covering up my emotions. Um, when I think of food, I can only remember what it will do for me, but I don't remember what it will do to me. I have amnesia when it comes to when I start eating bags of that stuff, what's going to happen to me. I know, but I forget while I'm doing the eating. So food isn't the problem here. Because if I've put down the red light foods and the yellow light foods, and I'm still having these emotions, then what is the problem? So. And I think that food is the solution to my problem. Well, the problem is the buildup of these emotions. Every day, they build up. And if you start listening to, to yourself or watching yourself as your day goes on, I mean, I wake up in the morning and I'm not abstinent because I was abstinent when I went to bed, but I have to start my program immediately when I wake up. And I, my, my abstinence is connection to God right away. But so these feelings are building up. So what do I do? I used to eat over them. I didn't know that, but I know it now. What normal people do when their feelings build up is they go to the gym or they punch a bag out or they go for a walk or they call a friend or they listen to music. Addicts, I think, go to whatever their addiction is and ours is food. So how do I help myself with the buildup of these everyday emotions? And so um, the ism in alcoholism means incredibly short memory, or I heard it also said, I sponsor myself. That doesn't work either. The only way I learn is through repetition. So when these emotions are causing me pain, 
The pain of not eating is so overwhelming that even though I know that food will make it worse, that this time I deserve it, for about nine seconds, I will feel great, but then the intelligent side of the brain kicks in. And anytime the intelligent side of the brain is working against the emotional side of the brain, the emotional side will win, and I will give in to the food. So what if I find a way to live where the emotional side doesn't take control, where those bedevilments don't take control? And the way I do it, and I talked about this the last time I was here, is by doing a 10th step. And the last time that I had a relapse, and it was a really bad relapse, it was in 2015, and I had been on the Region 2 board for two years doing a very heavy-duty job there, being an events coordinator. And the minute I got off of that, and I stayed abstinent so I wouldn't have to step down from the dais because I didn't want anybody to know I wasn't abstinent, I ate sugar. I hadn't had sugar in five years. And it was October of 2015. I could not believe how fast the disease got started again. It's like as I'm working my program, the disease is working its program. It doesn't, it doesn't stop off here, I'm working my program. It's here. So when I picked up that sugar, I couldn't believe how fast I was into sugar for two months. And I remember calling my, uh, this person up. She wasn't my sponsor. And I said, I can't stop. I can't stop. What do I do? And she said to me, are you desperate and are you willing to go to any lengths? And I knew I was desperate. I had been in the rooms for 15 years without leaving the rooms. And I knew going to any lengths, she weighed and measured her food at restaurants. And I, she wouldn't ask me to do that, but I just knew she did it. And I said, yes, I'm willing to go to any lengths. And she said, are you willing to work the 12 steps in 30 days? And I said, whatever. And she got me into the big book, which I've fallen in love with. And we got through the steps because you got to get through the steps because you're going to have emotions in steps four through nine. You know, get one down, put the food down, then really work on two and three to come to know a power greater than yourself, and then work four through nine. But as you're working them, you're going to have emotions. I don't know about you, but when I go to make amends, I've got a ton of emotions. I'm scared. I'm antsy. I'm embarrassed. I, I'm ashamed, whatever it is. So here is here we go with step 10. So step 10. Um so on a daily basis, sometimes, okay, without today, not eating is painful. Are you willing to be uncomfortable for a while? That is called recovery. Relief is about me and what I want. I want to feel better now. Recovery is about God and doing better, not feeling better. So the effect of food is going to kill me and the effect of the steps are going to support me. So the urge to eat is gone. I don't want the food anymore. I'm recovered one day at a time. It is not white knuckling the disease, but having a daily reprieve from my disease based on fit spiritual condition. So how do I achieve this peace and serenity? So the disturbance that lives inside of me all of the time until I find a way to honor my feelings. So practicing abstinence, weighing and measuring all my food and working steps uh, working all the steps, especially 10, 11, and 12, helps me enjoy peace and serenity around the food and also helps me remain undisturbed. 
So again, step 10, into action. We continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. This step helps us remain undisturbed. So when I am disturbed, I notice it. That's the first thing. I have these three words that I have on a post-it note. Notice, name, and become conscious of. Because if I don't become conscious of whatever is going on inside of me, forget it. So, so um, my husband the other morning, he got up really late for an early, for an early morning appointment. And he came <clears throat> barreling out into the kitchen and it was this huffing, this puffing, and oh, I forgot to set my alarm clock and I thought, and I thought, I am not gonna get into that. I used to get into it with him. So what I did is I paused and I said, I said a prayer for him. He's a sick person, please God help me let show him the same pity, tolerance, and patience I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. So that's part of the 10th step. So the 10th step, I'm disturbed. He set me off balance. So where am I being? So, so here's my 10th step. And I will do this on the phone with somebody. I will call, I'll say, will you take a 10th step? Okay, I'm being, I'm being disrupted right now. And, and just in a few words, I'm being uh, uh, disturbed. Okay, am I selfish? Where am I being selfish? The four character defects. Selfish, dishonest, resentful, fearful. Selfish is about me wanting my way. Well, my way would be to have him come out and say, good morning, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, isn't it a lot? The sun is shining because it was Monday. No, so selfish, I want things my way. I ask God to remove my selfishness. Okay, dishonest. Dishonest is about me not accepting the truth that he does tend to do this. this. He's been doing this since day one of marriage. He was late to work all the time. And, and the other part of dishonesty is, am I trusting God? Please, God, remove my dishonesty, the prayer that goes with that. Resentment. So I resent the fact that we have this windstorm coming into the kitchen, and I can't change it, and um, so I just get out of the way. And so I say, um, please, God, save me from being angry. Oh, I'm resentful at my husband. God, save me from being angry. Thy will not mine be done. Uh, yeah. He's a sick person. Help me show him the same pity, tolerance, and patience I told you would cheerfully grant a sick friend. And the question there is, how can I be of service? And that usually gives me a clue of what I can do. Oh, I can step back. I can pause. I can, be, I can offer to help. I can say, can I get your water for you? Or can I do something to help you get out on time? Whatever. And then, the, and then the last one is fear. What is my fear? Well, the fear is this is never going to change. <laughs> the fear. We have three fears. Fear of not getting what we want. Fear of losing what we have. And big book thumpers say the fear of being found out. So my fear is it's never going to change. So and that fear is of my finite self versus infinite God. Please, God, remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be, not do, be. And God would have me be a loving and kind and compassionate wife. And then I ask God to remove all these defects of character. And then I say to the person on the phone, thank you. And the rest of step 10 is doing a step 12, which is I make an outreach call to someone and I don't talk about this situation. That process, which I brought papers, handouts, this is, it's just a cheat sheet that my sponsor made up of the 10th step. Um, 
relieves the feelings out of my body so that they don't eat away at me. And it's out. And, and then I said to my sponsor, well, what if it isn't out? And she says, then you do another one. And she has me do them on dreams, especially food dreams. I will do 10 steps. So that's the process of learning how to be serene and calm around the food because I deal with my feelings on a daily basis. So I probably have a few seconds left. So let me wrap it up with some nice things here. Um, so the, the, they're simple. The biggest misconception about step, step 10 is we start doing it after step nine. Step 10 says we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. Well, what steps are we cleaning up the past with? Four through nine. So I try to teach my sponsees how to start doing this step 10 as they're doing four through nine. Um, emotions come up when I work four through nine. Emotions demand resolutions. I can either eat over them or deal with the emotions by working step 10. To grow in understanding and effectiveness is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. Working step 10 will lower the level of my emotions on a daily, on a daily basis. And I have to tell you, it really does. It really does work. Um, so in the, uh, let me see. I want to read the hidden promises for you into action. We have ceased fighting anyone, anything or anyone, even alcohol or food, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor or food. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. We will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward alcohol, toward uh, liquor, toward food, toward sugar, has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, nor are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And that's, to me, working step 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. And with that, thank I thank you.